and welcome to Insurance Town. See what I did there? Merry Christmas. It is holiday season and I am super pumped to be here. Uh, I love the holidays. I love my town. I love the emails that I get and I love uh, that I get uh, feedback from you guys. I've gotten, as I like to say, the mailbag and I've reached out. I actually got some Christmas cards already from some of you guys. You got a beautiful family. Um, thank you, Brittany, for sending me that uh, of your family. You know who you are. And thank you so much, Jim, uh, for your Christmas card as well. It means a lot to me. Guys, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we got a big milestone coming up in Insurance Town with episode 100 coming out really soon. I cannot believe that we've already, you know, almost reached 100 episodes. Uh, guys, let's keep this train going. Keep the uh, the follows coming. I, I got an email the other day that I added some like 100 or more followers in a couple of days on LinkedIn. So that means a ton to me. Keep that coming. Means a ton. Um, today's episode, I am super pumped about. It is sponsored by several incredible sponsors. Um, and of course, you know, my title sponsor being in Smart Choice, the fastest growing agency network for a reason. They have no lengthy contracts no upfront fees, and bonus and contingency sharing. If you want to learn more, go to smartchoiceagents.com or you can call 888-264-3388. They would love to visit with you. Whether you're looking for one market or 10, they are uh, an incredible network for you to work with. And they just want to help you to be a better agent. Also, guys, I can't uh, go without talking to you about my friends over at CoverDesk. CoverDesk does a phenomenal job with virtual assistants and I have gotten to know them pretty well lately. And I I love uh, everything that they've got going on and their virtual assistants are so educated and they know our space. They've been trained in our space. They're dedicated to your agency, or you could uh, have the team approach and have them come in and do some quotes for you. They're phenomenal. Uh, Go to coverdesk.com, schedule a demo, tell them the mayor sent you and get your discount. Um, schedule all that out. Uh, tell Andy, I sent you, it'd be awesome. Uh, today's episode, I've got some friends of mine that I've met a couple of times recently at some events, ITC, IAOA to to name a couple. And, um, it's, uh, Jonathan and Casey from salt. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. They've got some really cool stuff going on and we have a little fun with, with Canopy connect in there as well. My other sponsors you'll hear about at the mid roll ad, um, you know, we're all friends here. We all have a good time. Uh, you're going to hear a great conversation here about technology and, and about what Salt's doing and um, about uh, my kids, actually, and what they've done to get involved with Salt. So uh, listen for that story, too. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Jonathan and Casey. Jonathan and Casey, what's happening? How are y'all doing? Fantastic. All right. That was that was kind of like fantastic. Come on, fantastic! <laughs> like a school teacher. Come on, guys. Um, okay, so you've got the beanie on. It's cold there. I didn't think it got cold in Texas. Yeah, it does. You didn't hear about us almost freezing to death last February. Ah, yes, <laughs> no, we did. We did have the same weather, y'all. See, that's the funny thing is the weather that we get here. We either y'all just had it, or y'all are about to get it. You know, we share the same weather in Arkansas, so. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. We did have like the blizzard of 2020 last year. And so I, y'all probably had the same weather, but yeah, it's still like in the seventies here. Yesterday was like beautiful weather and nice. And so 
Y'all must have had the seventies a couple of days ago. No, it was it was like eighty yesterday. This this is Texas. Texas is yeah. bipolar in its weather. You know? <laughs> but and it's nice Casey, when there's no humidity. And Casey rocking the garage background. Yeah. Are you, are you in your garage? I am in my garage. I feel like all good startups belong in a garage. No. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yes. that is we're, we're authentic here. We're authentic there in the garage. You know, I didn't yep. know if that was just a cool Zoom backdrop or what. You're literally in your garage. <laughs> I don't think people would pay for that as their backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you wouldn't even be able to see my garage door. It's got too much crap in my garage. So I get it. I get it. Um, all righty. So let's uh, let's take a walk down memory lane here. Uh, let's do ladies first. We'll go with Casey. Mm-hmm. Talk to you about who you are, where you came from. Let's go as far back as you want. Lead me to where you are today. All righty. So born and raised Grapevine, Texas. Uh, my family's been there since 1919, kind of uh, Grapevine royalty, if you will. But uh, moved from there last summer. So this move to New Braunfels is a, a recent move away from where I was born and raised and actually worked in the agency that um, owns the majority of salt. So that, you know, kind of where I came from, decided that Texas, um, nobody ever leaves Texas. So I decided after college, I went to Texas a and very predictable. I was going to be unpredictable and go travel the world. So GE hired me out of college and I moved to Louisville, Kentucky. That was my version of traveling the world. So I was in a leadership program with GE, moved um, through the road, their rotation once like a, a year at a time in Louisville, Kentucky, San Jose, California, Houston, Texas. So got closer to home and then met my now husband there in Houston. And we made our way back to Dallas, Fort Worth. And we're there for the last 16 years till 2020. We kind of had a big COVID uh, midlife change and decided to both resign from our respective ownership positions in our businesses and start a home building company down in Hill Country of Texas. So that was kind of the impetus of that. And then took a small break from Box. And then Jonathan called me about three months ago and said Salt was getting some traction and invited me back to work for him. So we'll have to tell you that story as well. I hired him first and then fast forward a couple of years and he hired me. So, so the story of what came first, the chicken or the eggs, a little, it's very confusing. Yeah. And we've never rehearsed how to tell that story. So if you want raw and unfiltered, this is it. That's really fun. Okay. (laughs) So let's back up a minute. You have uh, quite a bit of experience in the insurance space. You had mentioned the home building, uh, but talk or not home building, but it was just anyhow. GE, I was with GE Appliances for eight years. And then in 08, my cousin who was buying his mom's insurance agency in Grapevine on Main Street, just kind of that community based, you know, very typical independent insurance agent. Yeah. And he's a very non-typical business owner and wanted to kind of reposition how we were doing things and not write everything that walked in the door and not take cash payments and not do all the things that insurance agents tend to get stuck in. And so he hired me to kind of pioneer this new concept called the family unit. And the family unit went to market through the business community. So we'd write every bop on Main Street that you could get. And then we would round it out with um, your home and auto and we call it 360 protection. 
So we actually got a trade. It's not a trademark. It's called a service mark since we're in the services business, but we got a service mark from the government and um, Hartford at one point um, paid us to use that. So their attorneys weren't uh, not keen on using something that had been service marked. And so they paid us a nice hefty amount to be able to use that experience 360 protection with their agent user base. So, wow, that's super cool. Yeah. So that's where my career in insurance started somewhat of a family um, reason that I came in, but you know, not typical. It wasn't my parents' agency. It was actually my aunt's agency that she bought in 1978, the year that my cousin and I were born. Wow. So there's a, there's a dude, another dude's voice on this podcast. So there's three people here. Jonathan Simmons is on here as well, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Jonathan. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you came from. You don't have quite the insurance background, but quite the tech background. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. tech background. Insurance, my running joke is that I'm still learning all the acronyms. But yeah, the tech background is a long history. So I uh, I am a pastor's kid. Uh, when I graduated high school, I went to college in Australia where I met my wife. Uh, and she's from Louisiana. I'm originally from California. So we post-college have lived in both states uh, and done a few different things. But in the early years, when I was a kid, we used to build computers and stuff all the time. Like we, we, I can't tell you how many different ways I'd get grandma's computer and uncle so-and-so's computer and you know, conspire to build this behemoth gaming machine back in the early 90s. But um, that pushed me into tech. So early on in my career, when I landed in Louisiana after marrying my wife, I met an early business partner of mine. We we launched a, a marketing uh, agency, basically. Uh, back then, it was like when websites only needed to be websites, like before SEO. SEO was a thing, but it was like before you needed to like know about Twitter, TikTok, and every other social media platform in order to engage your audience. And so we started building websites. <clears throat> the company name was HiveMind. Uh, we thought we were the coolest. We are the coolest, but we definitely thought we were the coolest. And uh, that that pretty rapidly shifted into us being interested in building online products. I mean, this is the early days of like Twitter, you know, all these solutions are coming out. So we actually were approached by our local church to build like a donation platform for people going on mission trips and stuff like that. And uh we built that thing in like two weeks on no sleep above a garage kind of vibe. I mean, it's the same, you know, startup kind of mode. Um, and that really gave us the bug. Like we got into it and uh, we just thought we were the stuff. So we pivoted out of marketing websites and just started to dive into what it was to build products. And one of the things that I still carry with me from those days is a motto that we created. And that motto is that products should solve problems. Design should have purpose. And the greatest ideas come from necessity and collaboration. And I've carried that through as I build out products. And so for me, my career has been quite an array. I've worked with uh, some big foundations here in Dallas area. I've worked with a large nonprofit. Um, I worked at a nonprofit for three years managing a multi-million dollar budget, assessing software solutions and, and their technologies, figuring out what's the best HR solution or you know task management system. So all of this kind of combined with my ability to sort of see what the practical business need was for for products, like how businesses think about how to implement, how to deploy, what this is going to cost us, what we're willing to pay, uh, along with just sort of years of just building solutions. I mean, I've built everything from like a, I built an app once called Wish, uh, oh my goodness, I'm going to forget the name, Wishlist, where it was like earliest before Pinterest, you could like 
create a list of stuff you wanted for Christmas and share it with a friend and they could steal stuff off of it and add it to their list. And, you know, we, we've just done, we've done quite a few things over the years. So, uh, I met Casey and the team in, I guess, what was that late 2018? Uh, and we, I was consulting at the time I had come on to consult as a CTO for hire and, and was looking at what salt was at the time and had been working with some, like I said, some, uh, foundations in Dallas, a few other clients, but it's been a it's been a fun career, just really tackling different products problems and building out solutions. It's been a good time. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's a, an interesting conversation to have here, especially with you coming into the insurance space there, because and Casey coming from that background too. Because to, that's one of the things that that we talk about in Insurance Town every week. I feel like is uh, agencies wanting to solve problems with tech, but not even knowing where to go half the time, or they'll sign up. As you and I met at IAOA, um, mm-hmm. not to put a, a plug there for IAOA, but I just did. You're welcome, Nick. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, as we're at IAOA, you see all these vendors and 90% of them are tech vendors. Yeah. And I guarantee you half those people will come back and they'll have signed up for a gazillion different products and they won't use them correctly. And I think it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd be interested to hear, you know, either one of you, you know, where that comes from, where that resonates with you. And we can get into salt here in a little bit, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, on that and what you've seen. Yeah. I mean, the software is a, is a finicky thing because it comes with so much promise, right? You, you yeah. go to a conference, you know, we liken it. to you know, if you're, if you're raised in a religious household, the Bible camp days, right? Like you go to Bible camp, you're feeling Jesus, you got it. You oh, got it. hundred. And then you're like, I'm going to do so good. And you get back to town. You're like, what was this? <laughs> what did I sign up for? Yeah. Jesus who? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so tech, you know, especially you get, you get bombarded really, especially with com- conferences with all the vendors. And you think this is going to really change what I do, but there's a lot that goes into that. There's the cost, there's the implementation. What am I switching away from? How have we done our processes? You know, so there's, there's a depth of conversation to talk about with the hurdles that software brings. And I think, you know, Casey can speak to that too, from the agency side, I, I think implementation um, and assessing products is one that I really enjoy talking about because the time that I spent at a nonprofit, we evaluated software all the time. I had a boss who's like, look, I found this new thing. And there's nothing worse than being an employee who has a boss who's like, I found a new thing. And you just spent like the last four months of your life figuring out the well, last the new thing, thing <laughs> that he forgot about, right? Like it's, that's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, but it, but it's the reality for a lot of employees. They're constantly trying to figure out what's going on. And one thing that I think we stumbled, a lot of businesses stumbled into over the last, like, I don't know, 10 years was everybody wants us the one app. I want the one product that does they everything. Want the, the magic bullet. Yeah. I, I want it to like make my food and get my leads and close the insurance deal for me. Right. Like it just needs laundry. to do it all. Right. I do my of laundry course. too. That was a hurt. I mean, I'll let Casey speak to that side for a minute because the agency, the way agencies manage themselves really surprised me when I came in. Like, I'm like, this software is what is happening, you know? Yeah. I think from a having been an agent that had a lot of technology, ADD, I would call it, you know, I get excited about something and then get back to the office and there were real problems to solve, you know, like people not showing up to work most of the time, (laughs) you know, they're sick or their children are sick. So, you know, trying to project manage, which isn't our expertise within the realm of an agency is, it's a real struggle. Um, I did two management system conversions pretty much by myself 
because you can't take the staff away off of what they're doing. They've got claims to deal with and carriers that want to audit our book of business and things that just you can't pull them away from. And so, and we even did it, we pulled um, like a subset of data from one system because we were running really a separate business out of it. So we pulled that data down and then had to map it to this new system. I had zero clue what I was doing, nor did we have the resources to hire someone, which I highly recommend hiring a consultant for that um, real data conversions. So anyway, I they're painful, worth it in the end. Um, but I think if I had to look back and wish I'd done something differently, I would kind of make an appointment with myself to dedicate to you know, evaluate technology, implement technology, train my people on the technology so that it wasn't just a a great idea and fleeting and then falls away. I think I would dedicate more time to it, knowing that it could help my business. Yeah, it's a balance. You can't, you've got to, with software, you need it. But a lot of times people think that software is going to solve all your problems. When I worked at this one nonprofit, I made a team that worked for me, a software development team. So we're constantly tackling problems that are coming in, we've got to figure out how to like solve these tasks, right? I went through probably 12 task management systems because I was on the hunt for the task management system that was going to make my project manager be more efficient, that I was going to know what was going on. I was going to wake up on Monday and be like, ha ha. You know, is there a good in. project management system software? <clears throat> well, the problem is there's, there's tons of great ones. They're all actually decent. The problem is that your processes, like your people matter, like how they interact, what their persona, what their attitudes or their respectiveness. I mean, if you've got Alice who's, you know, north of in the age and has been in the industry for 15 years and loves doing it all on paper, and then you hire the intern that's 21, (laughs) you're going to have conflict with the way that they build stuff. And solving those things first is actually key to making software work for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that's another. You bring up another good point that uh, that I I see a lot is you have, like you said, that age gap, and then that causes not even necessarily the the older versus the younger generation, but getting everyone on your staff to adopt the technology. You might yeah. get two thirds, or you might get the owner to do it, but then getting everyone else to change the way they've always done things. Yeah, yeah, totally different ballgame. Yeah, yeah and is. that takes that takes like. I mean, it takes practical work because like you're saying, you're dealing with people, right? You're dealing with their emotions, their desire to shift or change. And like as a principle of a business, you're thinking about like, if I piss off Alice, like this thing's upside down because <laughs> yeah. nobody wants her to know, but she runs this joint, you know? <laughs> we, we talked about that this morning about an agent I was on a demo with. Just, I could tell what, let's say, let's use the name Alice, what she said goes, you know, she ain't yeah. going to change no matter what technology this agent brings in and is excited about. He's not going to force her because yeah. she's got the tenure. She's got the relationships with the customers. You know, those are things that you don't want to well, shake. Yeah. And so everybody yeah. loves Alice. You don't want to oh, make yeah. Alice mad. You don't want to make <laughs> Alice mad. I love it. I use or in your leads, your referral partners, you don't want to upset the apple cart with Alice. But at the same right. time, you've got to adopt some of that change. And what I think is sad, and I've talked about this for two years now on the show, is that we're just now at this point, so many other industries are far above where yeah. we are in technology. Yeah. Yeah. Where we are as an industry just now saying and how proud we are to have this insure tech. Insure tech. Yeah. When fintech's yep. been around for a long time, or other industries, technology's been around a long time, and, and now we're so proud of ourselves. Yeah, I have to Why say, you- I, I'm, I've been very surprised coming in. 
Like uh, when I, I'm like, okay, we're going to do this thing. And somebody's like, no, they still do that on paper. I'm like, that can't, that can't be real. And then I find out it is very real. Like the, you know, fact finder sheets are active. I mean, I had an agent hold up a green sheet fact finder to me the other day and it, I could see the data points. And I was like, what is happening? It's green for money. He said, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the marketing ideas I had when we first started working together was cocktail napkins, you know, no longer taking cocktail napkin submissions. And you didn't understand that people really, your agents really do take that information down on a cocktail napkin. I still don't think you believe me, but it is Uh, a real thing. (laughs) They do. I've done it when I was a producer. I've taken (laughs) many of information on a cocktail napkin. You got to get that deal. Well, it's an interesting industry though, too, coming in from the outside. Like you're not, you're not getting help really from the carriers, the carriers, you're a means to an end. And again, I'll speak freely because I'm not an agent. So I can just talk bad about these relationships because I don't have to maintain one. Oh, don't. These are not necessarily the thoughts of insurance town. Go ahead, Jonathan. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. That's true. (laughs) It's good to preface what I say to think about this being recorded, Uh, but they're they're not getting support from them. And so there, I picture an agent, a principal looking at how much premium can I write? Where, where do I find my comfort level for me and my family, my income household? How do I make sure my staff are taken care of? And it kind of, it kind of stops there is what I see for a lot of agents. And my surprise as we've come into the industry is I've come into the industry. One of the things we say we exist for from a salt perspective is perpetuating the independent agent channel. And as we think about how do we perpetuate the independent agent channel, we think about, well, what's the risk? What, what's the concern that we have for agents and mine is a technology person as I'm like, man, if you're just now seeing that technology like InsureTech is existing and you're proud of it, you, we're, you're way behind. The industry is way behind in tech. And you'll find that some guy from San Francisco who wrote an automated app is just going to come in and sweep and make a lot of what we do, a lot of what independent agents do irrelevant. And I think that there's a, there's a responsibility there to, to begin to pay attention and go, okay, hey, Times really are changing. Stuff is moving forward. What can I do to get on board this train? How do I how do I activate? How do I take a step forward? Which is hard. Someone at the uh, IOA conference told me, you know, for some business owners, it's like you're you're really only asking them. You've got arm, arms crossed, their, their arms crossed across their chest, and you're only asking them to put the other arm in front of the previous one. Just switch arms, or one over the top of the other. But those small changes can really be a challenge. And, and I get that. Technology is when you don't understand it or you're, you don't think you need it, uh, which is always, I would love to hear you two talk. What I, what's blown me away talking to agents is they don't think they need technology. They're happy with the way that they've been well, doing it. To their defense, and I'm going to come in defense of my audience for a minute because I've got a lot of them listening that are in rural parts of Texas or Arkansas Ah, or Mississippi or Louisiana or wherever you're from. And they've been very successful. They're sitting on the country club memberships (laughs) and they're driving the Mercedes Benz or the, the really nice pickup truck, you know, or whatever it might be. Why change when they're sitting on this big book of business with their feet propped up and they're fine. They don't need to do the technology so, and I'm not saying, you know, one way is right or the other, but I do feel like, you know. Uh, oh, it's a valid argument. There's going to be a time when you're, you're going to have to make that change. I got to get my feet off the desk. I'm going to get it dirty. But, um, you know, there's going to come a time when 
you're going to need to innovate a little bit and you're going to need to catch up with the times. I agree. But there are agents out there that have made it. They're fine. Or yeah. they're being acquired by other people that bring in the technology. Now, we but, are seeing some generational change, I think, with I, ownership, that, with, you know, yes. the next one coming in. Of course, mm-hmm. they're, they want everything tech and they're, they don't know anything about insurance. And so you've got an opposite problem, right? That uh, they need the wisdom of the one that doesn't use technology. And so are we passing down habits that need to get changed or right. are we passing down the wisdom of how to sell insurance? You know, so... But yeah, a lot of calls yeah. we're on, we're seeing the son or daughter or the um, next generation come on. And be the one in the background saying, hey, we should have this or we should do this, which is a struggle because you're right. There, There is success in the way the market currently exists. But another thing that Casey and I talk about pretty often is you have the, like, the goosehead agents. You have the Brightway agents, right? And they're being provided a centralized tech stack from a company that's investing in all this stuff. And if you're just the local, like nationwide independent, you don't have that advantage. You are, you're left to do it on your own. And I think what is cool about the insure tech market that is coming up is that you we're starting to see products come out that say, Hey, we can help take this portion or we can help take this piece of it. Uh, I think the struggle is, and more more to what I'm trying to say is that how as an agency do you go from doing something the way you've always done it and figuring out how to let go of a certain aspect? How do I let how do I let my lead generation come from here? How do I let my rating system be here? How do I is it okay that my AMS and my rating system are different? Uh, you know, how am I doing my digital marketing ads? That's an overwhelming conversation when you've, when you are the the rural place, because, Hey, I've been successful. Like you said, doing it this way for the last 15 years, why should I change? Well, you've had experience implementing technology in other industries. How did they do it? You know, if they're bringing in a new way of doing something, do they pilot it in a part of their business before they launch? Like what do other industries do to uh, overcome that? Yeah. I mean, that's the most common is to take a a subset of your team, right? So if you think about, I've worked with a staff that was 1500 staff, right? The HR department and like accounting departments are usually the first ones because it's like, okay, let's get 30 people in the scale of 1500. But I think of that when you've got, you know, we, so in my world, I think of it like, um, what's, what's the word we use for the five person agency, Casey? Oh, like a community-based or scratch agency. Yeah. And then you kind of have the 30 person agency. That's a little bit bigger than that. It depends on your size. So if you're, if you're, if you're a five person agency, it should be the principal and maybe their administrative or your key producer that are set one person out to go and test and trial. A great example of that is like when you're 80% per, uh, commercial lines and 20% auto, uh, per, uh, 20% personal lines, you can easily be testing out solutions with that personal lines group because most of your income's coming from the commercial right. side of things. Can't do too much damage. Yeah. So find ways to test and, and validate that something is, you know, really, really works for you. The other thing that's really important in trying new software is giving it time. You know, yeah. I, so many people get into something. I can't tell you how many people pay for software that they never use. And it blows my mind. In fact, it's a principle of, for us at Salt that like you can cancel anytime or a month to month product because I don't, I'm not interested in keeping you on if you're not going to use the product. And that's really common. Somebody's like, oh, right. I'm super excited. Let me start this thing. And then you ask them how it's going. They're like, oh, we never really implemented it. So intentionally 
testing something for a period of time and going, we're going to apply well, ourselves thing. to this. You know, I think that's a smart move. And I think that's a strong point that I see, even when I went back to my producer days in, in agency of, you know, the ones that have the month to month contracts, or they don't have the annual contracts or the big upfront fees. Those use the technology that people adopt quicker because they do have that. Or if you get a free 30 day trial or a 90 day yeah. trial period, because yeah. you're right. Uh, if someone has to think about that daunting, you know, oh crap, I'm about to take on, you know, X amount per month, you know, for the next year, I got to sign a contract. They may not do it as quickly, but like you said, mm -hmm. if you can get them to adopt it over a period of time first and have a trial period to teach them, I think that's going to help you get that adoption early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's going to help you get a, your own, help your staff get a, an understanding of it too, because you go into it as a principal, you realize, okay, there's no risk here. I mean, there's, there's risk. It's, you know, whatever the subscription fee is for a month, but applying yourself to something for a small period of time means that you're actually testing it out because one week uh, in a piece of software is not going to teach you anything. You, you've not actually tried, you know, like if you go to the doctor, this happened to my daughter, my daughter had an, uh, uh, milk sensitivity when she was born and that we asked him, how do we know when this is over? And the doctor said, listen, you start trying to give her something that she was sensitive to. And then you do that for three weeks. And after three weeks, if she hasn't gotten better, then stop. But you got to give the body time to respond and attempt to say, I can handle this. And that's true with software too. You have to look at your team and go, okay, we're going to, this is how we're going to do it. It's going to be a little different. We're going to take this segment of our business or this piece of our CRM or this kind of marketing, and we're going to give it a go and commit to that time. Committing to that time is what will actually cause you to see success with software yeah. testing. Yeah. I think and they say it takes what, 35 days where to develop a habit. Yeah. yeah, I think it's 21, but I'll go with 35. I've always, I don't know. I just made If it's working already. out, it's probably 35 or 40. That's <laughs> yes, right. 100%. You know, I've worked out off and on my entire life. And yeah. obviously, I'm on the off time right now. But, um, you know, it's always that if I skip one or two days, I'm like, oh, I'll just start next Monday. Or, no. you know, I yeah. skip a day or two. It could be Tuesday and I skip that day. And I'm like, I'll wait till next Monday because I want to start. And I think it's the same thing with adoption with any technology yeah. or anything at all. You know, you don't do it for a couple of days if you follow that mindset uh, and it makes it more difficult. So uh, as we talk about this, I've ran into these guys um, twice now, or not necessarily Casey. I think Jonathan twice at uh, ITC, which was a big, again, talk about InsurTech, mm -hmm. which again, blew my mind. I've never seen that many people in one room. That's a big yeah, conference. Yeah. yeah, Holy smokes. And uh, I probably recorded a hundred podcasts while there, but uh, the main reason I say that, and I saw y'all last week at IAOA or a couple weeks ago. Um, so I get back and what I think is cool and I, stick with me here, audience. But um, what I think is cool is how things come back around and stickers right now are huge right now for some reason. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, <laughs> stickers were big. Then they went away and I wanted to show you, you know, my kids got a hold of my my laptop <laughs> I love it. and um they, you know, put all these stickers that they found in my goodie bag, so to speak, that I brought them. And they just, as I showed them, you can't see that on the uh, audio, so it's terrible. But uh, they found the sticker that said salt. And literally, if you go around my house, you'll see this sticker everywhere around my house because <laughs> and, we have a problem. We love salt. And at the time, you didn't know what it was, right? No, the kids yeah, didn't know. Just I didn't salt. know. They just see that daddy cooks all the time and he uses salt with everything. That's good. So when I got to IOA, I was like, I got to find the salt booth and talk to them again and tell them this story. 
And then as we get to talking, I was like, oh, this would be cool. Uh, so I say all that um, to bore them for about 30 seconds to get into what is salt. You know what that means. We're at a med roll ad. And I'm super pumped uh, that we're here because uh, we've got a new sponsor in agency performance partners. They want to help your agency to perform that much better, whether it's uh, through online courses or virtual meetings or even in-person meetings, or maybe you uh, heard her speak at a uh, conference or on a podcast. Uh, There's so much value that Agency Performance Partners brings to your agency and uh, everything from the, you know, time management courses they do to uh, how to become a better agency, to selling, to cross-selling, to retention, all of it's there. They do a great job of it. And right now they've got a Black Friday sale going on. If you're listening to this on Black Friday, 30% off all swag, uh, minus the Yetis. Um, Also, they've got a holiday sale coming up in case you missed that. And you're listening to this in December, all through the month of December, they've got a holiday special, 25% off on all swag, minus the Yetis, but everything else, 25% off. Uh, you can also subscribe to their online school at 25% off. Man, they're just putting all kinds of sales out there. Uh, make sure you check that out, agencyperformancepartners.com. Uh, also, Kit, go without talking about my friends over at Canopy Connect. Uh, your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. We love Canopy Connect. They do such a great job. So, uh, go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Get your discount. Check out uh, that website. It's pretty awesome. You can also schedule a demo right there. And check out the little video that I put out there. I'd love to hear your response. So let's get back to the show. Uh, one yeah. of you tell me how you came up with the, the strategy. What is salt? Going back to what you said a minute ago, John, that what, what problem does it solve? And talk to you about the necessity and what it does for our industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, you kind of heard us at the top say, you know, 2018 is when Casey and I, Casey was actually took the concept of 360 per section and they were building a digital form. Uh, and so when I met the team, I came on as a consultant and they had this digital form that they were intaking data from consumers and we were building a software solution. And, and I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we, instead of just doing this as a singular agency, we built this out for multiple agencies because all of these independents don't really well, have- let's back up a little bit. Oh, so I've up. been working for two years on this thing with an offshore yes. mm-hmm. team that I'm an insurance agent, <laughs> not a CTO or a product manager. I didn't even know what those words meant. So you can imagine the code base that Jonathan was walking into when we started working with him. And it was a contract basis at the time, but we met at a Starbucks around this time of year in 2018. And um, so I'm working my butt off on this thing. You know, I'm really have all my hope in it, it taken off as a single agent resource, you know, um, model. And he looks at me and he goes, y'all should be a B2B or SaaS or whatever words you used, you know, totally crushing all of my agency dreams. I'm like, this is very common for our relationship is me to just storm in and say something blunt. And you're okay, like, so let's, let's back up a minute. Let's talk about the problem that you saw that you were solving first. All right, the so, problem, Casey, that you started with to solve in your agency. Yeah. So I just figured with 360 protection, we're spending about 
no less than 30 to 45 minutes on the phone or face to face. We were that community agent, right? They're, they're coming in, they want to chat. We don't have time. We make $388 at the time, average annual revenue on each home and auto account. So we just cannot spend 30, 45 minutes chit chatting about the data that we're collecting just to get the quote and then turn around, scan it, or, you know, took our fact finder, scan it into our agency management system and then spend another 20, 30 minutes integrate into the Raider and then to the uh, carrier sites, you know, all to get a bindable quote. So I was like, there just has to be a better way. There's a part of this process we can take out. So I remember trying, <laughs> experimenting with that, like entering the data while I was talking to someone into the rating system. Well, the rating systems are, are not a conversation, you know, and the, the order of things are not right. such that they make a great... <laughs> 360 protection conversation, you know, it was pretty clunky. And so I think two hours later, I had a bindable quote and still saved no time. And so that frustration is kind of the genesis of of salt. There's like, there's got to be a better way for people to get start to process with us. And then when you stop and look at the way consumers are beginning to interact, you know, 70% of internet traffic is done on a mobile device. Right. So when you ask somebody to send you their information, you know, my generation doesn't want to get on a phone with you. Like that's not, you know, the millennials are not going to do that. And the Gen Zers are even worse. They're like, you talk on the phone. Like my, every kid younger than me is like, all they do is FaceTime calls and and there's just different ways of thinking as the generations evolve. And so we really brought a focus in what SALT is today. It's a digital insurance application for independent agents. And so when you subscribe to SALT, we give you an insurance application that you can send off to a prospect that helps you collect all the data points. The big difference where SALT stands out in the market is that because you take my knowledge of software and Casey and, and our you know, insurance team's knowledge of insurance, we're not asking you to build a form. We're not saying, hey, what questions do you want to ask and what order do you want to ask them? We're saying, hey, this is a cadence. Here's the conversation. Here's how you ask a consumer these questions in a way that they're going to respond to, that they'll fill out, help you get that 360 protection mindset. And that comes with a lot of affordances. You've got this form built for you now. It takes an accord form and makes it palatable. For a user, yes. we're so still gathering all the information we need. Is this something you use in, in a prospecting phase? And yes, you send this email to the customer or texted to the customer, or right, right. And then, okay, so really, uh, and let me play devil's advocate for a second, and we can edit if we need to. But is this something you're just taking the, the time off of your plate and just transferring it to your client's plate? A little bit, but there's we think about it of a different way too. Like, hey, yes, right? Like if if the if you're you're doing you know whatever thirty minutes, think about what a, a producer does. You send an email, they respond or they don't respond. You wait till right. tomorrow. Like how many days am I doing that? When you can say, hey, here is a link, and I always tell agents, value the person too. You know, if you will take your time to fill out this URL, I can get you an accurate quote. And, and we're not going to have to go with this back and forth dialogue. But there's also things like the ENO protection because all of this is now user reported right? It's coming straight from the prospect reported by them. You're not editing it. You're getting it straight into yeah. your radar and being able to rate off of it. So yes, in, in theory, you're offloading it, but we, we like to think of it as time savings all around and meeting them where they want to be. Consumers are watching Netflix at night, right? And can get a link and be filling it out while they're doing it. 
No, that's true. Now, does this come back to you in a PDF format or come back in a fillable? Like you can change some things and adjust some things in there from that, or how are you protecting the agency from that side of it? So from an E&O perspective, we return to you what the user submits, right? And that lands in your SALTS account. You can see it in our database. Uh, we, we integrate with a rater, some of the rating engines, and that goes straight over into your rater is our goal always. Because you think about what Casey said, it's the asking the questions, writing that down, transferring it over to your CRM or AMS, then into your rater. So we're trying to go, let's get the data from the consumer, grab it and get it straight to the rater. So you are more or less going straight to getting a quote from your rating engine to be able to respond back to the customer. And there's a big win when you know that much about the customer after your first interaction, right? You know how many cars they have, you know what their house is. So when you're calling to sell, you're actually, you have a great perspective on who they are, what kind of insurance their need, needs are. I think there's a there's a lot of value in that. Okay. A couple of other questions I've got. Um, and Casey's got a mad face on right now. You oh, know? I don't know. I'm thinking. <laughs> is that resting mad face? I'm yes, I guess. I didn't uh, realize it was there. I'm just kidding. I'm like, did I upset you? No. Okay. Oh, yeah. So if um, ABC agency is, you know, re- relying on a lot of lender referrals. Yeah. Is this something you can use for the lender referral, the real estate referral, the BNI yeah. referral, the whatever? Yeah. Yeah. We have a great system built that you want to talk about case. Well, I think it's, I mean, I get excited about it because I feel like that the real power. I know. Rather excitement than mad. Go, I girl. know. I know I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> so the, we call them referral links and we let our agent customers create as many referral links as they have when you can also call them centers of influence or referral partners, but basically it's a way to you know, brand their referral partner because they can upload their logo with their agency logo, write some custom text to introduce the idea that, you know, this is my agent friend and you're going to get a quote from him for your home loan. Um, So it builds that trust digitally. And then it also allows the agent to track where their business is coming from. You know, we all say my business comes from word of mouth, but are we accurately and consistently tracking it? You know, I had the hardest time running an agency and getting my staff to consistently ask where the business came from. You know, I'd, I'd get that PDF back and that blank would not be filled out. And I can't put marketing dollars behind something if I don't know where it's coming from. So I feel like those trackable, easy to share referral links are probably the number one thing I love about the, the software. Well, and they're a bit anonymous, so you can use them. Like we even say, she gave you the mortgage broker example, right? You send it to your mortgage broker and you build on those relationships. But let's say you are just doing two different Facebook campaigns. You don't have a ton of money and you're trying to figure out how you're going to spend it. You can create a referral link for each of the campaigns separately and then use that in each campaign. And so now you can see, okay, I spent you know $500 on Facebook ads. This one converted for me and this one mm-hmm. did not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about, okay, in that same vein, what about, um, you know, obviously if I if I talk to 10 prospects in a day, hell, if I close all 10 of them, I'm a rock star. Yeah. I'm obviously not going to. Sure. Yeah. But those ones you don't close, are they staying in a salt database somewhere for six months from now to requote them or a year from now to requote them again? Yeah. So we surface everything to you as a lead if the if the form gets abandoned. Right now we measure abandonment off of about a day of no activity since they started to fill out the form. 
Um, but salt also has functionality for you to set up reminders. I call them the target reminders, you know, when you're shopping on target or what, you know, whatever site you like to shop on. And you get the email the next morning, like, Hey, you forgot this in your cart. <laughs> that I think that's brilliant and annoying. All it, it is all of those things. Yes. Brilliant and for so, them, annoying for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so we, like I did it on purpose. I didn't want it anymore. <laughs> now I have Stop to reminding it. me that I can't afford it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. <Jeez. laughs> Uh, so we do something similar with salt. The, the agency can set up reminders and they can cadence out, you know, one day, one week, three, three months, whatever they like to do. So beyond the automations or whatever there, all that data is yours. Anything you collect with salt, we consider it yours. So if you want to go back in six months and try to cross sell and look at an X date, you absolutely could. So I had a, a good testimony yesterday with an agent. They um, went back to their, what they would call dead leads in their own CRM and then sent those dead leads a link, a salt link and got more traction than they'd gotten in months, you know, trying to follow up with them because it gave them a real call to action. Like, oh, well, I can just enter my information. I don't have to set up a phone call or make an appointment. I'll do that, you know? So mm -hmm. I really like that uh, revival of uh, quote unquote dead leads. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get into, I got a couple of places I'm going to go with this, but first commercial. Uh, do y'all have a developed a, uh, you know, same kind of format for commercial clients as well, or farm? Uh, we haven't gotten there yet. I think what you'll see us do is branch into some of the other PNC lines, life, or even some of the extra earthquake flood insurance. We we actually have a toy and recreational vehicle built into the auto flow right now that we provide agents, but we're going to pull that out and make it some, because we've got a lot of people who just sell boats or just sell RVs or whatever it might be. So we'll we'll stick with PNC for a while. We we do have interest in commercial. Obviously, commercial is a bigger beast. Uh, there's a lot that that goes on with that, and we're waiting on some data integration partners to really serve up some opportunity for us there. And I'd love businesses that don't get distracted and just be really good at what they're good at. And I think that's the stage we're at with Salt. We want to be really good right. at that personal lines um, scaling the personal lines agency or agent. You know. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to go raw for a minute. Okay, so when I met you guys at the booth at IAOA, yeah. I got to bring this up. Don't get mad at me. We can edit it, uh, but we probably won't. Uh, this is my show, and I want to leave it in there. I but, love it. Uh, I love it. Um, we talked Great. about my good friends, my, ah, yeah. my number one sponsors, yeah. my buddies uh, yeah. that I love dearly. And you guys, we I'm talked about it asking. in a very positive manner. Yeah. I do love my friends at Canopy Connect. They've done a yeah. lot for my audience. And if people are listening to this thinking – can they coexist in the same? Are they integrated? Do they do things together? What are your thoughts on that? Is Tolga going to fire Heath or Heath going to fire Tolga? What's going to happen after this conversation? Oh. You know, I, I love Canopy Connect. I'm going to go ahead and say that now. But also, you know, love what I'm hearing here with Salt. What do you say about that when audiences or when people ask you those questions? Great Casey, question. Here. Casey, yeah, she's <laughs> smiling from ear to ear for those of you who can't see her. You know, deck pages were always a hard thing for me because as a consumer coming in insurance, I was like, what's a deck page? You know, like, what does that mean? And I think I still stand like with all the consumers and prospects in my mind that the average person has no clue what that is, right? And what's great about Canopy is they solved that hurdle. They solved the need to understand what a deck page is in the software they built, I, I'm actually, uh, I mean, I'll call him a friend. I don't know. Tolga might deny me next time I see him, but uh, Tolga and <laughs> no, I have Tolga's talked. one of the best guys ever. He's yeah, Canadian. He's, he's a great guy. He's great. Uh, I like his story. We, yeah, he's cool. Very we cool. know Tolga and Robert and the team, and we've actually had pretty active discussions about how to integrate the two products. And, and truthfully, 
for me, you know, one of the biggest struggles I've had has been Canopy being great at what they do. And I've told Casey, for me, I don't want to go. Toga's got all the time and effort into that thing already. Like, I don't need to go reinvent that wheel if I don't have to. Togo, if you're listening, we need to talk again. Uh, but we, you know, there is so much that we want to see those two products come together better. I have some inroads with the developers. We've talked about it. Um, but but to go back to the point with Casey, we, we know that deck pages matter. With deck pages, give agents a visibility into the current coverages, create ENO protection. There's lots of value to them there. So we want to see an integration happen. But to use your phraseology, Heath, coexisting, we do have agent customers that allow Salt and, and Canopy to coexist on their on yeah. their website embed. So for instance, it gives the person a, a different route, you know, if they're comfortable giving their deck pages, right. they go that route. But if they just want to enter information and self-report, you know, a full submission, they can do that too. So I've seen We've, it yeah. done successfully. Yeah. And I, and I think you'll see us integrated in, in a way that is similar to that. We think that there's value to, one of the things we do at SALT is use public data where we can, right? If someone's filling out the form, we hit a public data partner to pre-fill you know, bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage on the property. And that's valuable, but public data is wrong. So I love that the consumer can correct it. It means that it's going to be accurate, right? Yeah. If we pull up Casey's house here in Grapevine, she just sold, it says there's a pool. Well, she and her husband are party poopers and they filled that pool in. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it was so, awful. It was really, awful. What's wrong with you? Okay. It, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it. It was gonna cost Heath, it was gonna cost thirty thousand to just repair. And the pool guy said I'd fill it in. Yeah. <laughs> so you filled it in. Okay. But the, yeah. the idea is that I, that's where we say we think there's value in the coexistence because salt yeah. gets a level of granular detail for that 360 you're not gonna find in a deck page. And a deck right. page gives you knowledge of the premium that you're not gonna get from a consumer because they don't know. They I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, I get it. I just, I couldn't have this conversation without at least addressing my friends at, at Canopy because they were my first sponsor. They're my, you know, one of my favorite people to visit with. Robert and Toga are fantastic. Casey's good. They're Casey. Um, and, you know, I, I loved meeting you guys now twice. And, and since I've been back, I've heard several, and I'll say this to you, as I've had my follow-up calls with the gazillion business cards I've gotten from the show, right? I've heard many people say, hey, did you meet the guys at Salt? They're doing some really cool things. Da, da, da. So you guys left a good impression on both conferences. Oh, that's so, good to hear. Yeah, I, uh, but I wanted to have you guys on just uh, not only because y'all are great people, but just to tell a little bit about your story, have this conversation about technology, because I do think it's, it's, uh, it's a good conversation to have. I think what you guys are solving is a, is a very relevant need. And uh, like you said, what was your thing? I tried to write it down. You talk too fast. Products Sorry. to solve problems. Something Design something, should something. have purpose. And the greatest ideas come out of necessity and collaboration. collaboration. And we think that's what SALT is. We're solving a problem. We're trying to do it in a way that honors. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but the a lot of software today are not mobile responsive. Everything in SALT is fully mobile responsive. So as an agent, you can read a lead submission right from your phone while you're eating lunch. You know, we're trying to make it accessible and do that collaboratively with our agents. We're very involved with the agents that are subscribed with us today. You know, that's, we pride so, ourselves in getting feedback. A very important question for the audience. I know they're thinking it right now as they're driving down the road, listening or running on the <laughs> treadmill. Is this white labeled? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's we don't want salt doesn't exist to your prospects. We don't want to exist. So there's nothing that is salt facing for them. We want it to look like a form that your agency built. So you drop in your logo, you get custom URLs, all that's built out so that it's you face forward. 
It's interesting because we're kind of B to B to C. Like we have to make it a great agent experience as well as the, their prospect. We have they, we have to get them to complete the form. So it yeah. has to be you know beautifully designed to for a smooth user experience. So we're not only have a agent customer base, but kind of have their prospects as a uh, secondary customer. Now, outside of the insurance industry, have y'all thought of any other industries you could go into with this product? There's quite a few. My founding partner is. He owns a financial advisory. He owns a, an accounting firm. There's quite a few parallels that exist for us to kind of branch out and go, hey, we also need data over here. Here's a model that's working. Can we port that through? So yeah, that's that's on the back burner. I think what Casey said earlier is we're trying to make sure we're killing salt, doing it yeah. right. Once we know that we've got that right, then we look at ways to expand, whether that be commercial, whether that be other, yeah, I mean, other venues. I had a guy call me not too long ago about... I mean, I get them a lot, as we all do, my phone system. Or they call me about a copy machine, which I don't need a copy machine. But he was asking me a gazillion questions. I'm sitting here thinking right now, if they had a salt form, just send me and I would just fill it out. And then they could tell me what I need based on that. Or my phone system, which I use my cell phone. really needs us as doctors. Everybody has to fill out the form. And it's got 10 sheets of paper. And you put your name on every single one of them. There's got to be a better way. So. Yeah, there's got to be one for a lot of things like that. So, yeah, I think there's a lot. So tell me, uh, last question officially, I, I'm sure there'll be five more after this. So, um, <laughs> but the famous last words, my last question, I guess, would be, how did you come up with, it's just because just everything's better with salt. What, how did the salt name come up? <laughs> everything's better with salt. I don't know, Casey, you were really a part of the salt naming more than I was. Yeah, we hired this fancy firm out of Dallas that we went through a naming process with. And one of the uh, ideas was marshmallow. So that's the one they really took off on and I refused. So it doesn't Because of the artist, the the rapper or the... No, zero connection. No, 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 zero connection to that. I think think they thought it would just resonate with the the millennial uh, buyer. But salt is, um, is, does have meaning for us as creators of it. Um, it's, it's a biblical concept that we are the salt and light. It's uh, a preservative and insurance is a preservative. Right. Um, it also is a currency when mm. across country borders, you couldn't have a common currency. Salt was it and everyone needed it to preserve their um, food. So there's a lot of kind of meaning for us, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything to our clients. Although oh, I did you want have, to use yeah, an acronym. You have an acronym, yeah. I have an acronym that Jonathan's refused to, to print on anything, but I say it mm-hmm, anyway. 100%. Savvy, savvy agents love technology. <laughs> so, hey, so, I can yeah. Do it. Yeah. Maybe, that'll but, be the, maybe that can be the next sticker. We'll yeah. Do. And I still want my cocktail napkin marketing idea too. I want to be the cocktail napkin sponsor at some conference. That's I know it'll thing. work. I yeah. know it'll work. I think that's brilliant. No, I, I love that. I love to hear the story. I love the biblical background as I spent my first seven years as a pastor before I got into it. So oh, yeah. I totally get it. Uh, I think that's a great, uh, you know, great way to leave this. So I appreciate that. Now, what we will do, if y'all want to, anything last minute y'all want to share that I didn't get into and then leave some uh, contact information, how they could find you a website, something. Yeah, we just not, redesigned not our marketing site. I know. Yeah, I we was did. like, huh. Yeah. 
So newly redesigned uh, marketing site that, you know, is an, another iteration of getting the concepts just pure and simple. You know, that's what um, we're trying to do. So that's saltinsure.com. And yeah. that's the site to go find out what it's all about, uh, as well as sign up for a free trial. Insure just I-N-S-U-R? I-N-S-U-R-E. Okay. Saltinsure.com. If you do forward slash Heath, just because we like Heath, I'll give you 15% off your subscription. So, dude. Yeah, I built that literally right now while we were talking. So, you're welcome, bro. I love you. See there? Look at that. (laughs) Saltinsure.com backslash Heath. Get your percentage discount. Sign up. You get to hang out with these guys. Um, I can't believe it's already been an hour. Um, That's crazy. So, saltinsure.com backslash Heath. Uh, And then we've got. Anybody would drop an email address, a phone number, a fax number. Yes. I'm just Call kidding. Call me, email me, text me, whatever it takes. Uh, I'm Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at saltinsure.com. Again, that's C-A-S-E-Y at saltinsure.com. It sounds like the, the you're recording a voicemail right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, right? you got to repeat yourself seven times before it gets through <laughs> to anyone, right? So, so Casey, then, C-A-S-E-Y at <laughs> saltinsure.com. <laughs> yep. And I will promptly follow up. Yeah, we have great assets. If you get on the website, there's a chat right on that homepage. You can drop in and hit questions. It goes straight to Casey and my cell phone, honestly. Uh, so we're accessible, ready to hear. We just we actually really just appreciate Heath, you giving us the opportunity yeah. to come and my yeah, first just talk shop, you know, and go. Yeah. Okay. So Jonathan, your social media of choice is what? Oh man, oh it's dangerous. You can find <laughs> you can find my opinions on Twitter. I'm Jonathan Simmons everywhere. I probably should immediately go after this and say these opinions are not held by Assault or any of its affiliates. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Usually complaining about people walking in the middle of the road while I'm trying to drive my car in my local neighborhood, something like that. But Jonathan Simmons, basically everywhere. I've I've managed to own everything but the dot com. That guy refuses to sell it to me, but you know we'll keep trying. So you like because mine's LinkedIn. Uh, I love yeah. LinkedIn yeah. way more than anything else. I think it's just because I'm old, but I do love LinkedIn a lot. What about you, Casey? What's your of choice? I think my go to subconscious, you know, uh, social media outlet is Facebook. It's yeah. the one I probably feel the most comfortable with. Um, Are you a but- stalker? You're a stalker, aren't you? Well, you have to be, you know, especially <laughs> I've, I've, I've hired, oh, you hired have a to lot be. of people and you have to stalk them on social media to figure right? out who they are. And yeah. LinkedIn, you can't really stalk because they know. <laughs> yeah. We actually had a customer up. once we did a demo and the customer was really upset that I didn't stalk him before. the really? demo. Yeah. Oh. He was like offended by it. And I was like, I'm That's so sorry. I will, I will go to your website right now, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's how I find out a lot of things about people, but yeah, I think that's uh, interesting. That may be, you know, this might be the first time that I start, wait, I'm going to start using that question on all my podcasts from now on. So I think it's interesting to know who likes your go-to. Yeah. yeah. So find Casey on uh, Twitter and uh, or not Casey, Jonathan on Twitter, Jonathan. Casey on Facebook. You yeah. may or may not get offended. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So I appreciate both of you guys coming on. It was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you. We loved it. Uh, yeah, it'll be a lot fun. of fun. And um, John, you have to let me know uh, how many people come to that backslash Heath, and we'll see. Uh, yeah, the difference. Up. We'll monitor it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if then, we can uh, coexist as sponsors, let us know. Let me, hey. Tolga, if you're listening, let me know. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go. From I'm gonna there. text him right now. Hey, bro. Yeah, bro, let's make this happen. 
Yeah. <laughs> so no, he listens to every episode. So I'll have to have him uh, hit me cool. up afterwards. He'll be really mad and drop his sponsorship. Then I'll call you. Or he'll. Uh, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I love yeah. you, Toga. Or yeah. uh, it'll be uh, it'll be totally fine. So. I, I appreciate both of you. Have fun yep. in Texas. Uh, right, keep warm and yeah. have a good weekend. Sounds All right. Good. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. There you yeah. go. We're taking the podcast now, but that's cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> All right. You can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to now. That's pretty funny. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that episode today with me, Jonathan, and Casey from Salt. What a cool conversation. I hope that you enjoyed it. And hope that you're enjoying this holiday season. And I hope that uh, everything's going well. And if you're listening to this after Christmas, I'm, I'm really hoping you're enjoying the new year. Uh, thank you guys so much. If you've never emailed me before, it'd be uh, it'd be great to hear from you. Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Uh, I would also encourage you to reach out to any and all of my sponsors from the show. Uh, they do a great job and they love to hear from you. Even if you just call and say, hey, uh, heard your sponsorship from uh, Insurance Town. Great job. Love what you're doing. Uh, anything like that would go a long way. So feel free to reach out to those sponsors. Thanks again so much uh, for being a part of Insurance Town. This journey has meant so much to me and truly changed my life. So thanks again. Have a great day. Uh, if you have an idea for your own show, reach out to my friend Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. That's GetReadySetPodcast.com. Ready, Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.